following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, we are known as a counseling ministry, a biblical counseling ministry here at Hope for the Heart. And as I just said a moment ago, biblical hope, practical help applied to people's lives and situations. Well, it is uh, uh, important for us to know, though, what what um, what is counseling? Some questions that we think about counseling that we may think we know the answers to, but but uh, help us uh, help people to understand what is counseling, what qualifies somebody to be a counselor. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, some people think uh, of counseling as just somebody lying down on a couch or. <laughs> you know, in somebody's office and here you've got this psychiatrist over you and, you know, with a clipboard, it, 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 it's no, 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 that, that, that is the wrong. Now, not that a person, somebody might be lying down, but, yes. but that, that's not it. Counseling is giving help and hope by a knowledgeable person to another person. Um, and the counsel given can range from general advice to specific personal comfort uh, and, and encouragement. Uh, notice uh, the Bible actually describes Jesus. It, it's called a messianic scripture. In other words, it's Jesus the Messiah. It's in the Old Testament. And he is described Describes the Lord as the wonderful counselor in Isaiah 9, verse 6. And it's important for us to to realize that some people say, Well, I'm just not qualified. I don't have the degrees. Well, if you have relationships with friends, with family, there's a strong likelihood you have given counsel um, because you know their struggles. Since it could take a professional counselor months to develop the kind of relationship that you already have with friends and, and family, you have an advantage over those who are professional counselors because you know them. In fact, uh, there's a scripture, uh, Proverbs 27, 9. Perfume and incense brings joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from their earnest counsel. So, you know, you think, hmm, pleasantness it, it's like it's the equivalent of it's it's saying you know something that is very positive very very positive um, bringing joy to the heart now some people say well I don't need counseling <laughs> people who I mean I, I, I am willing there are times when I I do seek advice and I have a go-to friend um, who, if if I feel stuck and I'm not sure what to do, 
uh, or I just want to hear, just want to hear. Um, some people, they, they need that go-to guy or go-to gal. Um, who needs counseling? Well, more than half of all people who see medical doctors go because of symptoms rooted in psychological or spiritual problems. I would say, who needs counseling? Well, the one who wants to be wise. A person who wants to be wise. And I look, you know, there's so much said in the book of Proverbs about wisdom, advice, counsel. Um, Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of fools seems right to them. But the wise listen to advice. Always be ready to receive and appreciate wisdom from someone who's willing to to give advice. And that doesn't mean you're led to do everything somebody says for you to do. Part of wisdom is knowing what does apply to you and what doesn't. But Proverbs 15:22 listen to this plans fail for lack of counsel but with many advisors they succeed so the question is do you want to be wise do you want to succeed notice that that scripture plans fail for lack of counsel but with many advisors, they succeed. So at times we will be successful if we're listening to someone who has wise counsel for us. By the way, I would pray. I would pray, God, give me, please put into my life a wise friend. I I need wise friends, plural. He who walks with the wise grows wise. I'm going to repeat that. I've said this many times on this program. He who <laughs> he who walks with the wise grows wise. That is wise counsel. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as grief and loss, abuse and trauma, depression and suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night. We are a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry. We thank you for that. If you have any questions or concerns about tonight's topics, you can call customer support at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they can help you access the appropriate resources. Let me recommend to you a a resource that each night's caller receives just for being on the program. It's called Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. That's a 31-day devotional, and you may find that very helpful in terms of seeing yourself, as the title says, the way God sees you. And that's that's been a a great resource for so many people. You might want to get a copy of that for yourself and others as you uh, take a look at uh, at that help that it offers. And their number again at customer support is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If it's more convenient for you, you may email them at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. You can ask any questions you have regarding topics and resources discussed in tonight's program. Uh, Maybe let them know some of the things that you're dealing with and uh, the concerns that you have. They'll help you with uh, uh, matching the right resources for you. Their email again, customersupport at hopefortheheart.org. Now let's get to our caller for tonight. We welcome Abigail. Well, my goodness, I am so glad that we get to talk again because... You were facing quite a challenge in your mind trying to figure out, how do I think about this? Um, Isn't isn't that true? Yes, ma'am. It is true. It is so, so true. And I'm at the point now where uh, she's had the surgery and I'm here. Okay, your daughter has had surgery. You are there. That means are you staying in her where she lives? Yes. Okay. And the boyfriend is not staying where he had been staying with her? Is that right? No, it's not. Uh, he's here. Okay. I am uh, right now I'm in the bedroom by myself and they're in there uh, watching television. Um, she's a uh, they keep, she keeps falling asleep, you know, and they're sitting on the couch watching television. But 
Uh, and she's had surgery, is that correct? She has had surgery. Today okay. we came home. She had surgery on Monday, and um, we came home today. Uh, she had uh, some pain complications and uh, blood pressure complications, so oh. we didn't come home sooner. But mm-hmm. uh, she's doing, doing well, and uh, I'm actually... Uh, I wasn't sure how I would do the call without her knowing mm-hmm. that I was uh, talking to you, but I just decided to let things flow and okay. uh, and just, you know, uh, I, I, I've met the young man, and I'm going to tell you, June, just like I told you, uh, you know, my son, he, he passed away, and my daughter for a time was... Uh, his caregiver, and uh, this young man reminds me so much of my son. Really? I I, I think I I may have told you that my son was learning different. He had ADD, and he was dyslexic. And Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, he had some challenges in school until I I, uh, put him in a a school that was specifically for learning different children. And so, but this young man, I I had a chance to have a conversation with him and and even she told me when we were by ourselves at the hospital, she told me, she said, he he reminds me uh, of my brother. Mm-hmm. I said, I see, I see. I said, and this is not healthy. And she said, I, I, she said, well, I know um, it's 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 not it's not pleasing to God. But I use the word, and not even knowing what it really meant, and that's I know what is our uh, topic of this conversation: the codependency. I mm-hmm. said to her, I said. Wow, I said, it seems like you're very codependent upon him. And and she just, to my surprise, she said, yes, I am. Mm. And I said, really? And she said, I just feel like I need to take care of somebody. And he needed me, and but I'm getting, I'm getting tired and frustrated of it. She said Interesting. all the things that she's having to do. Yeah. And she told him, and he's he's just kind of uh, like, he's seven years younger than her. I didn't realize that. I had to, mm-hmm. uh, he's only 26. And mm-hmm. uh, so I... Yes. And your daughter, you know, I think you told me, was uh, 31. Is that correct? Well, yes, yes. Well, I guess it's, what, six years then. Uh, yeah, six, five years, five years, I guess, difference. And so I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, and when she said, uh, she said, well, Mom, he's going to go to this this uh, hotel, and I said, okay, and I asked her, was she paying for it? And she said, no, he's paying for it himself. He wants you to feel comfortable. He Mm -hmm. doesn't understand why he can't 
just stay here. And mm-hmm. I and, and so the the opportunity came last night. He spent the night at the hospital with her, and uh, he uh, had uh, uh, he was telling her about something going on with his family. And I told her, I said, "Well, t- I'd like to pray with him and pray with pray with you all before mm-hmm. you go to bed." Uh, you know, while you're in the hospital, he, you know, he was sleeping on that that little couch in that in the room, yes. and so she said, he said, oh, he was happy that you wanted to do that. So I asked the Holy Spirit, what should I do and how to how to do this? And I just asked him without even thinking. I just said, uh, uh, young man, I said, are you are you saved? And she said to her surprise, she didn't, she was surprised he said this. He said, no. Mm-hmm. And I said, you aren't. And I mm-hmm. said, so you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And he said, no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And then I went to speak to him about why, uh, it's so important because of our condition. Our condition is that we are, uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Absolutely. Every one of us. Yes. You're right. And, yes. And, and so I told him, I said, but that's not the condition that Christ wants us to stay in. I said, he wants us to have the gift that uh, he has given, and that's eternal life uh, to be with him and uh, uh, having a relationship starts right now, and you can't do that after you leave the earth, and he said, yes, ma'am, and he, mm. he was very you know, uh, um, polite and, and respectful. And I said, I uh, would like for you to strongly consider making that that choice. Mm. And I decided to kind of just step back a little bit. And uh, we prayed on the phone about his family situation. And then we uh, got off uh, and... So when we came home, when we were about to come here, be released from the hospital, I asked her, I said, so what, what are we going to have to do? She said, well, uh, they won't take cash. They will only take a credit card, and he doesn't have one. She said, he gave me the cash, so we have to go to the hotel. And I said, oh, Lord. I said, you're not in the condition to be walking around like that. And she said, well, that's okay. She said, but we want to be respectful. And I said, well, I said, uh, I'm going to be in the room with you. I said, and he'll be in the living room. And she said, no, Mom. She said, no, you, you don't have to do this. I said, well, I'm just thinking maybe this may be the only way that he sees how Christ would respond mm. in, in, in love. And uh, and she just looked at me and she, she said, 
are you okay with that, Mommy? And I mm. said, well, I just want to meet him where he is. And uh, if this is, you know, my opportunity, then I want to take it. And um, so that's what what we did. And so I'll have uh, two days to you know, to talk talk to him. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this is uh, where I am now. And now I'd like to find out a little bit more from you about uh, codependency and uh, yeah. where that goes, you know, and what, 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 you know, the just the information behind it, I think, may help me and be led by the Holy Spirit and how to talk to her because she feels like she's caught in a web. She just, it her, it's her feelings, and she said it. She said, I know it's my feelings. She said, but I've never felt like this before, and I'm just so, I, I just feel like I'm, you know, I, I don't know what to do. And she said, I know what to do, but it doesn't feel good. So. Mm-hmm. Well, when... I know we sent you our material on a number of things, but one in particular was codependency. Did you have an opportunity to look at that? It, it has not. Uh, uh, it, oh, has was, it? it was still in shipment. Okay, still, I'm I sorry. Looked, uh, and then I wouldn't have been there in, if it hadn't gotten there by Sunday because okay. I left uh, Sunday to come be with her. Okay. Well... The reason you probably might not know what it really is is because it's a relatively new new word. And we kind of know what it means, the word dependent. And sometimes like when uh, it's a reliance, if we're dependent, we're reliance on something or someone else for support or for existence. Like those who have an alcohol dependency or chemical dependency. Of course, that's always presented in a negative way with words that uh, typically are, are leading to an addiction. But did you know you can have a relationship addiction? And many people are not aware of that. heart for people who are hurting and broken. You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org. 
If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Let me recommend to you one that we don't often talk about, but it's called Counseling Through Your Bible Handbook. The Counseling Through Your Bible Handbook covers just about 50, just about half of our Keys for Living topics and a lot of information in there. But if you find yourself counseling, helping other people, often it is a great resource for you to have just in front of you and to be able to have scripture references there and some practical steps and help for for many of our topics, our most popular topics. So again, that's called the Counseling Through Your Bible Handbook. And uh, if, if uh, you'd like to speak with June about something happening in your life, call uh, to be on the program at 800-917. We'd love to talk to you about that. Well, let's get back to tonight's conversation with Abigail. Well, Abigail, what you've described is a, a situation, and I was smiling as you were describing it. You're not focusing on his fault. You're focusing on his need. This boyfriend, this isn't the ideal situation, and you were uncomfortable with it initially, in other words, about your daughter and this uh, young man. And yet, I'm hearing that you're trying to prioritize what meets the deepest inner need that he would have, and that is for a life-changing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, not focusing on the the circumstances that they are choosing, not your choosing, but they are choosing. Now, am I correct about my assessment? You said that perfectly. You said it perfectly, and, and yes, it is. I, I've so often heard you talk uh, and say that, and I, I thought about it, and I said, you know, uh, how uh, you you've taught uh, about being um, relevant, and I, mm-hmm. I remember seeing you at uh, Dallas uh, Theological Seminary and mm-hmm. uh, talking about that, and that was the first time I heard you say it, and I was like, wow! I said, I never thought about it like that, and so mm-hmm. uh, it seems like now I have a a situation that I never thought I'd be in, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I find myself uh, 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 
following um, your, your your lead in, in path, and I think this is uh, that that's helped me. I know the the Lord has uh, allowed me to listen to you mm-hmm. uh, in doing that. So well, thank well, I remember. You. Well, no, I, I want to thank you because, again, I, I was just smiling and I thought, you know, it, 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 I realized there could be some people who might find it upsetting. It's like, well, I wouldn't want anything to go the way, you know, opposite of the way that I think should uh, people should be. But, see, I remember years ago when I confronted my dad about his women. I said, how, how can you have these women... Mother's totally loyal to you. He said, I'm not a Christian. I, and he, he, I mean, you just, I'm not a Christian. I don't have to go by Christian ethics. And I never will forget being so surprised because I thought, uh, I, I, I thought, you know, <laughs> I was expecting him to, uh, excuse it in some way, but not like that. In other words, this is not my value system. So, mm-hmm. and and then I remember later thinking, why am I Christ- expecting a person clearly not a Christian, which he had told me before that, you know, Christianity is a crutch in his position and his way of thinking. And uh, I, I disagreed because I was a brand new, well, let me see at that point, I'm trying to remember. I don't even think I had yet become a Christian, yet I was mm-hmm. now being exposed to authentic Christianity. I, I remember just the time frame. and But I was clearly expecting a him, a non-Christian, to act Christianly. And I thought, <laughs> huh. You know, and and the, I think the fault was in me. And, and, you know, I learned from that. That wasn't, if I had harped with my dad on that, even though I did do uh, as strong a confrontation as I could. I, but it was my mom who said, oh, because I, cause I remember her being so kind to him when he would even oh, just, you know, say words that are, are anyway, putting her down. And so I remember going to her saying, how can you be so nice to him? And I remember I had clenched teeth, and I was really angry with him. And then she said, and it was life-changing, Oh, honey, he doesn't know the Lord. If he only knew the Lord, he wouldn't be that way. I thought, what? So what, what it is is she wasn't focusing on the fault. She focused on his need. My dad needed a changed life through Christ. And I thought, Oh, and it really was life changing because <clears throat> uh, I I know that we can be fault finders, and what do fault finders find? Uh, they always find fault that because they're not looking for other things; they're only looking for fault. Right. And I'm so the, the and I just don't see that that's the biblical way. I think I see how the Lord, in fact, he was criticized for, you know, drinking, uh, uh, having meals with non-believers. I mean, he, he just, it's like, but they, these were the religious 
leaders of the day who uh, criticized him. But, you know, he was one who continued to meet needs. He reached out. He and people reached out to him because he was changing people's lives. Well, um, and I'm not saying that uh, it, it, there's not a formula that always works it, to, to exactly have uh, this outcome. I mean, you look at the 12 disciples. Well, Judas was one who betrayed him, even though he was with Jesus for, 30, for, uh, for three years uh, and saw change life after change life. People literally, uh, the, the miracles, etc. And yet, it, you know, the, there were most of the disciples ended up being extraordinarily used by God, but not Judas. So, so it's not like here's this surefire formula, but there's a modeling that I saw. I was drawn to uh, really heavily because of my mom. And um, she would never take credit for anything like this. I just saw her live it out. And I learned about forgiveness. And, and so, you know, what? this is why I was smiling in regard to you. You, you're, you're trying to take the opportunity of here is a young man. You know, there are many mothers who don't, oh, can't believe he's defiling my daughter. I mean, you, there are all kinds of ways that they could say. But see, your your focus is cha- change life, change life. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're not condoning. Well, and that I don't hear one bit of condoning. Uh, you're yeah. looking for an opportunity. To express yes. the love of Christ. Yes. And so, okay, you asked about a word, yes. codependency. Um, and I think you're dis- discerning that somehow your daughter is codependent. What that means, that word um, describes the dysfunctional behavior of a person or maybe the whole family trying to adapt to the destructive behavior. Uh, Typically, it started with an alcoholic. In other words, the word codependent first was used in the 1970s to describe a family member living with someone dependent on alcohol. It wasn't the alcoholic. It was the word co means with. Uh, And so the codependent is with the one who has dependency, meaning dysfunctional behavior. It doesn't have to be a drug. Uh, it can be, uh, it can be uh, an addiction of any kind. Um, I mean, yes, there are chemical addictions. There's a sexual addiction. Uh, there's behavior addiction, like those who are um, gamblers, and they right. literally gamble their what their salary would be they gamble away their the money that is typically needed to support a family i mean it's it's really tragic in other words an addiction is it's like instead of you being in control of something it has control of you right. and so but then there is 
um, a love quote a love addiction in which you feel your identity is in another person um, you're it's like I have to have you in my life I can't make it without you and it's not it's it for some, it's like a savior addiction in which you feel your identity is in your ability to save another person, to meet the needs of another person. So here's a strong savior, the one, well, he needs me. I, I, I'm needed. And you get addicted to being needed by somebody who's weak. Sounds like yes, this is a classic. Mm -hmm. It's classic. Case. Mm -hmm. Yes. Think think of a strong one and a weak one. Now, what's interesting? Okay, the strong one is the juggler, taking care of all the things, all the needs. Let's go back to the alcoholic home. Here's a let's say the mother, juggling the needs of the children, alcoholic husband who has hangovers, all this stuff. She's needed. She feels important. And I'm, the issue isn't being cocky, but she she's meeting needs of the family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But And so she's strong. At least she appears strong. But what happens is if he gets no longer addicted to the chemical, the alcohol. We're going to make it the alcoholic. And let's say now he's not drinking anymore. In fact, he's performing well. Now she's lost her job. She's lost her job. She's supposed to be saving the family. She's the juggler of the family. Now, do you know that's when most divorces occur? And I'll never forget. I thought, what do you mean divorce? He's gotten, he's now functioning the way he needs to function because she's lost her job. In other words, she doesn't feel important anymore. Oh my gosh, it sounds like my mother. Oh, wow. Well. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, so this is important that you understand. I love it that you have a heart to learn. And, uh, and you have a heart that cares. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org 
slash ccl. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you'd like to get some of the resources that you hear about on the program, just give us a call. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And they'd love to hear from you and get the right resources to you, just connect you with those. We have the Keys for Living uh, tonight on counseling, and uh, that one is just simply called uh, Counseling. The subtitle is Providing Biblical Hope with Practical Help. Also, we have our book called Counseling Through Your Bible Handbook, and those and many other resources are available by calling customer support, again, at 800-488-4673. That's 800-488-HOPE. Now, to speak with June about a specific situation in your life uh, on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we'd love to talk with you about that as well. 800-917 is the number to call. When you call, you'll just leave a message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as possible and schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800-917 or 800-644-4817. Now let's get back to our conversation with Abigail. Well, Miss Abigail, I need to, to, I need to understand. You said that sounds like my mother. Okay, so I obviously need to understand what sounds like your mother and why. Why does it sound like your mother? Well, um, my father was an alcoholic as I grew up. My children do not know my father that way. They don't know mm. him when he was uh, as an alcoholic and all the the mean things that would happen in the home. They 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 know their papa and he's a, a loving uh, grandfather. But mm. my mother and father have been married almost sixty years. And my mother is um, she's the one who who raised us and taught us about Christ and 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 brought me you know uh, uh, the, you know to knowing Christ the way that I know him and and all, all of my siblings. But now that she's gotten older, and my father he no longer drinks and he hasn't drank in over thirty years, but he still had made that that change. Well, my father is in the Word, and he's 
you know, uh, loving his relationship with the Lord, and you can see that. And I see a side of my mother that I've never seen before. Mm. It's like she's just like, you know, where where do I fit in? And if anyone, you know, uh, will call and just see how he's doing, because he has uh, some some medical conditions, very serious Mm -hmm. medical conditions, and and she does too, but his are a little bit more uh, serious uh, in nature. And, And... she started to get jealous, and there started to be uh, things where she would hold grudges, and I, I and, and I just I, I said I said I said I said, Mom, I almost don't even know who you are. Wow. I said, what, what? I said, how did you? What? Why are you you angry? And why are you holding grudges? And I said that. Those things happened years ago. Well why, well, why does he do this and why does he do that? Why is everybody concerned about him? What about me? And what is it? And I was mm. like, where is this coming from? And mm. so I, you know, started to talk to her and I just started to tell her. I said, well, you know, this is what you taught me about forgiveness. And I showed her the scriptures and she it's like she snapped back into the woman that I know, the the godly woman I know. Mm. But to see that, and I just didn't understand it for the longest until you just uh, Mm -hmm. explained what, Mm -hmm. you know, because my father was an alcoholic. Well, and I you know, he mm-hmm. if he ever took a drink again, he knew that he knows that he would die, you mm-hmm. know. And so mm-hmm. he stopped about uh thirty two years ago. Wow. And uh but it took him a while to, you know, really uh uh experience, you know, this the, the Lord and and to show it in in such a way that it's not like it's fake. It's it's sincere and yes. and and he loves it. He loves to read his Bible and he loves to you know talk about the Lord. But um, my mother just kind of changed on me a little bit, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. uh, I I I know she's saved. I know she is, but mm-hmm. I just didn't understand that part about her. Okay, let me pose something to you. Um, When God gave us his Ten Commandments, he began with these words, You shall have no other gods before me. Yes. He knew if we make, if we would make our relationship with him the top priority, He would bless our lives. And then through our other relationships, we would be a blessing to God, to others. The primary problem with codependency is that it violates the heart of God's first commandment. In a codependent relationship, you allow someone else to take the place of God alone, that God alone should have in your heart. You allow another person to be your God. If you have a misplaced dependency, you won't have the peace of God, nor peace with God. 
But if you put the Lord first, living each day dependent, not on another person, but dependent on Him, you will have God's peace when others, or, or when life is not peaceful, when the storm rages. Now, let me see if I can make it clearer. Um, it feels good when we know we can help people. Is that not true? That's true. That's true. It feels good to know we're making a difference and and to see that we're needed, right? That's true. That's true. One time, I, um, I remember I, I um, was in my 20s, and there was someone younger, a few years younger than me, in college who had um, was drawn to me to a degree. I'm talking about a, a, a female who began to go to church with me. She said, "Oh, so that's what a church service is like." Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Oh," and I found out she was involved actually in a cult. But. Um, and so I thought, well, I've got to expose her every way I can. And so I was doing all these things continually. That uh, she was, she wanted to be a part of everything, and all. Now she still wasn't a Christian. And I, I somebody cautioned me, She's saying, "June, you are doing everything for her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need God." Mm-hmm. What? She doesn't need God. I know I'm exposing her to the Lord. June, you're meeting all her needs. As long as you are meeting all her needs, she doesn't need God. I, 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 I mean, it was stunning. And what it, I mean, I have learned. Don't let another person... Take the place that God alone should have. And I will say, I'm going to say this like for you. If you allow yourself to meet all of another person's needs, or we could say if your daughter would allow herself to meet all of this young man's needs, then he doesn't need God. So if your mother, now let's go to your mom, if your mother was doing all these things, and it was wonderful that she was doing all these things, and you all saw her. Yeah. But if indeed, sometimes we can delay a person coming to Christ because we're so busy meeting their needs, and it feels good. You don't think about it that way, but it feels good because we're... You know, it just feels good to help people. But sometimes our help isn't helpful. If we if we allow, if you, my friend, and I love, I just love you. I just love things you say. I, I love your heart for the Lord. Oh, but if God you bless were, you. Thank you. No, I, I really mean that. If you, if you were to allow some, if you were allow, you, you, you allow yourself to take the place of God, meeting all the needs of somebody else, then that's not supposed to be your role. 
And and this is why it is huge. Because what we're told is love the Lord your God your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Not that I should have people love me with all their heart, soul. So, see, so with that person, I I, I thought, this is going to be horrible. This is going to be painful. And I knew it would hurt her. I said, I, I, I somehow got the words out. And I explained that I need, she needed to, she needed to, have a relationship with the Lord most not not, not just me and you know it, it did hurt her which I knew it would yes. a few months later she walked down an aisle and gave her life to Christ oh, praise God but see I was in the way earlier we have to not not allow ourselves to take the place of first and foremost, who, where, where, where God needs to have that role, and so now, what, what happens is there's there's another term, because you were asking about the the word enabler. Um, I mean, you you were asking about codependency. There's another word called enabler. You're an enabler if you perpetuate another person's destructive behavior by protecting that person from painful consequences. In other words, the the painful consequences that could serve as a motivation for change. This is the the parent who um, uh, allows the teenager's drug habit to continue on with no repercussions, giving him money. but, But he needs some, he's got to have some, even to the detriment of other family members. Or the wife, uh, the enabling wife, calls her husband's boss to say he has the flu when instead he has a hangover. So it's like, well, how many lies have I told to protect the reputation of someone who has this destructive habit? The point is, we must understand we can enable a person to not face the negative consequences. And therefore, we're not allowing them to have those painful consequences, which could be the motivation to move them to humble their hearts and to truly change. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Oh, my God. It does. This has been such a blessing. You hang on to hope. We will send the Counseling Through Your Bible Handbook to tonight's caller free of charge. We do that uh, because of your generous support of this ministry. And uh, if you'd like to order resources for yourself, uh, you can do that at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Also, if you'd like to contribute and uh, keep this program on the air to keep those resources going out, just go to hopefortheheart.org slash donate. By the way, our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.